Hello. This simple truth that I'm going to talk about that pertains to healing really opened my eyes. Welcome to another episode of God's Healing Components. You know what? My basic attitude regarding healing could probably be summed up in five words. <laughs> Lay it on me, Jesus. You know, you, you ask and you wait and you see. Now, if it was bothersome, you know, then I would go to the altar for prayer. And, of course, I was acknowledging my need for help. Um, or enlist the prayers of family and friends because, hey, we're going to bombard the gates of, of heaven and get this thing. Now, all these things are good to do. But my attitude had remained the same. <laughs> Lay it on me, Jesus. In other words, God, you do all the work. You don't need any help from me. The simple truth that I learned about healing is that God has his part and you have your part. Or I have my part. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But when you think like I used to think, then healing becomes a God checklist. You judge God whether or not you're healed by your physical manifestations. If they resolve, then yay, thumbs up. But should you have no manifestations? Or your symptoms come back, then God must not have healed you. Boo. Boo. Thumbs down. But with that, real, that realization, you jump on this hamster wheel that where you embark to get more and more faith. But actually what it does is just compounds your unbelief. Because every time that you have to face the fact that you are not healed... It takes you down. It steals your faith. And the more times you have to come into that, that realization, it beats you down to the point that you lose all faith and you give up. Or else, um, you come up with excuses, reasons, explanations that place the blame on God and not you. Now, remember I said God has his part and you have your part? So what is God's part? When you're a believer, his part is to honor the covenant that he has made with his son, Jesus. This covenant has been ratified by the blood of Jesus and is in effect now. This covenant promises that God will forgive sin and restore communion to those whose hearts believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Healing is available through this covenant as it was obtained through the punishment that he had to endure in order to give his life as a payment for the sins of the world. Peter reminds us of this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, by whose wounds you have been healed. Peter also tells us that to access this covenant, for the believer, it's through the promises of God. In 2 chapter, or 2 Peter, the first chapter, Verse 3, he talks about how that we have been given all things that actually pertain to life and godliness. But when we go to verse 4, this is what verse 4 says. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature, by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So, when God is approached, Father God always releases healing. 
He is the healer, and that's what he does. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 23, In that day you will ask nothing of me, truly, truly, I say to you, whenever you ask of the Father, or whatever you ask of the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. John echoes this scripture in his letter to the fellow believers in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have the request that we have asked of him. You see, healing is the will of God. And it's available to all men. Sometimes the challenge, though, is believing this and then standing in and on your faith in God's ability and desire to heal you. So, what is my part? What is your part? Number one, believing God's ability and desire to heal you. You see, it is his will. This means putting your trust and faith in his word and doing things his way. You don't orchestrate this. It may mean a surgical procedure, medications, going to the doctor or to a hospital. Your pathway to healing is a relational partnership with God. This also means seeing yourself healed. The God kind of faith causes you to see yourself as he sees you. And that brings peace. Number two, what do you need to do? Agree. I love Amos 3 and 3. It's the first of the questions that Jehovah God puts to Israel to warn them of their judgment of their national sins. And he says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? This underscores the point that both you and God must travel the road to recovery in agreement. This negates the long organ recitals that list your ills to anybody that wants to listen or the failures or testimonials of you or others that predict uh, failure or death, disease, victory. You say things like, every time this happens, I always get sick. <laughs> now also this means putting his word before you and saying the same thing about your situation he is saying. Um, that may involve writing scriptures and putting them on your mirror in the bathroom highlighting scriptures in your Bible, or attending a healing conference. People do many different things to keep the word of God before them, but you must do that as well. How do you know you're in agreement? You walk in an unshakable confidence that God will do just what he has promised. Number three, get your head in the game. Pay attention to what you are doing and saying. Criticism, negativity, and complaining is the language of hell. More importantly, by speaking the language of darkness, you are coming into agreement with the darkness and death, but not God. Therefore, praying for healing, yet talking negatively regarding your recovery is being double-minded. James said this, and it was a warning in chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. 
For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. What is your part? You need to ask for wisdom. James talked about this in that first chapter as well. And in verse 5 he says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. You need to receive orders from headquarters. That's right. You need to know what God is doing. Get quiet and listen. You see, it's all right to say, Lord, what are we going to do about this? Again, what is your part? Speak the language of heaven by stepping into praise and worship and thanksgiving. Of course, it may not be easy in the midst of the storm. But I want you to know that it empowers your faith. It routes the devil. It energizes your spirit with joy and drives out fear, anxiety, and depression. It brings breakthrough. And it's the one thing that you can do when you can't do anything else. I am reminded of the story of Paul and Silas imprisoned overnight in the Philippian jail. The Bible talks about how that they sang praises at midnight and that the prison doors opened. This is a healing truth. God will do his part, but you must do your part. My prayer for you is this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, O oh God, that you would help us to be able to do our part. Open up our eyes. Open up our ears so we can hear and obey. Amen.